SolarWind Media presents Ron Schaefer's podcast. Tabloid Man, Part 1, The Flabbergast Device. They laughed at Newton. They laughed at Edison. They laughed at the Wright brothers. And they laughed at Ham Heckhaller. Ham probably deserved it. But Ham Heckhaller was also undaunted, and he returned to that field from which he was launched to prove his spirituality. He even had a witness or two with him. He even brought along a lunch. Ham Heckhaller went down on his knees in the middle of that field where he had been sprung. Witnesses were munching chicken legs dipped in Pepto-Bismol. There, he cried out unto the heavens, Lord God, great Lord God Almighty, speak to me. Show me I was dubbed. Show me a sign that proves it to these good people. Show me how much you care. Show that this poor, humble servant, and no good, worthless soul you call Ham Heckhaller, this insignificant, unlikely, disgusting little speck of humanity, show that this revolting little nobody who levels himself here before you is chosen above all others, be they ever so great, be they ever so proud, be they ever so humble, be they ever so no place like home, to be your next gifted prophet. I say again, O great, kind, angry Lord, show that you think I am the chosen one. Show me, show us, show these good people here eating chicken with Pepto-Bismol, show that I'm the one. Great God, great God Almighty, show us. Show me a sign. It is reported, though not confirmed, that there at once appeared from the clouds above him a huge, fleshy protrusion resembling a portion of the male anatomy. From it was ejected a substantial volume of brackish water that landed onto Heckhaller. The witnesses threw down their chicken bones and rushed to the would-be prophet sprawled in a yellowish puddle, dazed with awe. He, he, pissed on me, Ham stated in amazement. He pissed on me. The witnesses were equally aghast. They also held their noses. Whatever covered Ham was yucky stuff. He grabbed the others by the collar with soggy wet hands, spewing piss from his drenched beard. Don't you understand? Please let us go, they said. Don't you? Don't you understand? He pleaded. I must be important. Please let us go. You stink. Of all the people he could have picked to pee on, he chose me, me. I am the special one. I am the next prophet. He opened up his arms, showering pee in all directions, and threw himself into the hills, screeching, I am the prophet of the holy piss. It is reported, though not confirmed, that a chorus of 100 voices appeared from out of the clouds, singing, Hallelujah. The UN Security Council meeting was a huge flop. Most people were too sick to attend, and those that would have shown up felt uncomfortable about taking suppositories during such an important meeting. So the meeting was canceled. Dignitaries instead went back to their embassies to play Battleship and Monopoly. In Geneva, it was a different story. The arms talks had begun. 
The Russians sat opposite the Americans. Israelis sat opposite Arabs. Greeks sat opposite the Turks. Latin American dictators sat opposite their own people. The Chinese sat opposite Taiwanese. Japanese and American businessmen faced each other. Blacks and Hispanics sat opposite rich white people. Each one had come to negotiate how many arms the others could have. They came to bargain about weapons, the size, weight, firing power. That each missile could have, what each plane could hold, what each base could stockpile. Everyone was in a bad mood. Everyone's insides had turned off. Everyone sent out for coffee. It started with a few idle negotiations that led nowhere. The coffee, the cramps, and the idle talks produced stress. First one, then another of the negotiators from each group began to relieve their stress by sticking their hands down the front of their pants. Slowly but surely, more were added to this group of stress relievers. As this large group of potential rivals sat on either side of the very long table, chairs started to squeak, groans could be heard, and the table itself began to creak until all in the elongated room were overwhelmed with excitement from stress relief. Finally, the arms talks ended in one great, heartfelt, dramatic climax, but ultimately all were left unsatisfied, and no one respected the other in the morning. As this was going on, news broke that the President of the United States, the Russian Secretary General, and the Prime Minister of England, the Chairman of Red China, and that strange Prince of Liechtenstein all went into a coma because all were too plugged up to think. The world was in a panic. So much for a week's worth of news. For my part, I'd finally reached Zurich. Various trains, various planes, various buses, and a borough ride later. I spent some time in the library at the embassy looking up anything I could find on Flabbergast. I found a brief bio. This is what it said about him. Dr. Heinrich von Flabbergast. There was a lot of scribbling. Then, a professor who taught at Dresden, Bonn, Munich, and even Oxford. Born in a small town in Bavaria, he worked for the Nazis until he defected in 1937. Widowed, one surviving daughter in Birmingham, England, eminent scientist in his field, works mostly in seclusion in Zurich, leading proponent of paleorectology. I looked up that particular word in the dictionary, a medical dictionary, and I found one phrase to define it. Paleorectology, the study of ancient anuses. That's about as much as I was able to find out about him, except for a brief note about his work with ultrasonic waves. From what I was able to piece together, this is what I surmised. Professor von Flabbergast was basically nuts. He was a genius. Most geniuses are nuts until people begin to think like them. Then they'll declare such nuts geniuses. Being a genius means nothing more than being the first nut in your neighborhood. And the good doctor was certainly the first nut in his. 
but how was the rest of the world to know and understand such things while every asshole was literally keeping its trap shut? If you had studied, really studied assholes, you might have suspected, but since when had assholes become politically active? If you were a genius or nut, you might not have been surprised. Since when had assholes been so intellectual, so self-righteous, so single-minded? The answer to that question could be found in Washington, D.C. Somewhere in the depths of the files in the Central Intelligence Agency, there was a report that a German scientist was developing a device to control the sphincter muscles by applied use of ultrasonic waves. It was intended as a method for anesthetizing or relaxing strained muscles for surgical or clinical operations. The Nazis were turning it into a weapon, physical body control. Such a thing could be useful when applied to a vast number of people, an army of human robots, or so their wildest dreams led them to believe. The man in charge of the program, Dr. Flabbergast. This report had been classified and kept hidden for decades. It had only recently been declassified and through a bit of poking around, those lucky enough to get a few notes of what that file contained faxed them to me at the embassy. However accessible a file may be, I knew they wouldn't have handed them over to me if I told them I was with the press, especially the National Bludgeon. But saying I worked for Walt Disney Productions seemed to do the trick. This has been SolarWind Media Presents Ron Schaefer's Podcast. Find us at solarwindmedia.com.